Part three, there and back again. Chapter 17, The Gathering. Safe within the walls of Elway's home, the council gathered around the brooding fire. Grandfather was there, but I could not look at him. I carried such guilt. The only light to fill the room flickered out from the angry fire. A fog of gloom hung over the assembled members like the last winter snow, full and heavy. Amorous council lead was the first to speak, his voice shaking with the weight of years. Our village lies in a threatened state, he said, and we must find a way to turn the hands back on the clock that began this day. Mixed emotions flooded my heart. This had been the most amazing day of my life. A family I thought I had lost forever was returned to me through a ghostly memory, and a new family that I hoped I would never leave was discovered. I had journeyed through an enchanted land few human eyes had seen, but helped expose its mystery to eyes unwanted. My grandfather's hand slowly brushed my hair as I wiped away fearful tears. Amrus continued, The ancients built this special place to save the elves and kin, but now, due to our carelessness, the humans have come in. I felt as if the eyes of every council member were upon me. Gone were the bright colors that sparkled in their place the chalk gray of a tombstone. One council member in particular, Aneth, glared with what appeared to be loathing and hate. Isoisa would later tell me that Aneth had been a new council member when grandfather was accepted into the village. He alone refused to welcome my grandfather. Aneth's own grandparents had been lost when humans came into the area many years ago, and for that he would never forgive them. Young Finway, Anna said, his words chopped short, came rapid as they left his mouth. Come and take the stand, he commanded. What words do you impart? Please explain this tragedy and your impetuous heart. With head bowed and heavy feet, Finway slowly moved towards the front of the council. His eyes looked black like coal no longer givers, but takers of the light. Reluctantly, he raised his head to speak. His voice held no placeful innocence, no hint of mischief, only shame and regret. This tragedy of which you speak is mine and mine alone, he confessed. Impetuous, indeed I am, as my own actions show. As he finished, his chin dropped to his chest, and he let out an audible sigh. I only meant to entertain our guest here, my new friend. He pointed towards me as he continued somewhat haltingly. I, I thought that safe we would be, did not foresee this end. He concluded, shaking his head in disbelief. At this, Aneth lunged forward, shouting, so it was the human boy that sparked your actions now. His rage was visible, 
his hands clenched, his face contorted as he turned to the other council members. I do not understand our kind or our service vow. His words were sharp and cutting. What have these humans done for us that we should spend our time? He continued, making trinkets for their tots. To me, this is a crime. The words flew out as if spat directly at Isoisa and myself. A murmur rose among the assembled group. Questioning glances were exchanged. The bitter anger Aneth had clearly held in check for some time continued to boil. It is our pledge. No harm we bring to humans or their kind, he said, his voice rising like an impassioned preacher. But they can track and torment? Are we out of our mind? An uneasy silence fell across the room as Aneth paced the floor. Do we let the sacred place fall to human hands? Or, he paused, is it time that we unite and finally take a stand? Anna's stare bore into the eyes of the other elves as if daring them to disagree. Once we were many and were free to roam above the lake, but now we are a captive lot. And even that, Aneth warned, is now at stake. Elf voices murmured in agreement as one after another began to nod their head. Finally, a female elf, who I had not met, stood. Aneth, you have spoken truth, and we must all concede that even though we serve them well, still they show their greed. Other elves rose to voice their agreement, most with remorse for what was now lost, but acknowledging the gravity of the situation. As the chorus of concern increased, Amra stood and raised a hand. Good and faithful council elves, your voices I have heard, Amras assured. But there is one who asked to speak. Please listen to his word. At this, the cabin door opened, and Nicholas entered the room. He wore no grand red robe, no shining buckles, but was dressed instead as the plain country woodsman I had met above the lake. He walked into the circle. Slowly he moved from elf to elf, shaking each hand and greeting the council members. It is a grave time, he whispered. I am thankful you are here, he spoke to another. Yes, Rhea, your wisdom is needed now. He made his way to the front, taking a seat next to Amras. For a long time he sat looking into the fire. Finally he stirred, rose from his chair, and walked to the center of the circle. He looked no more like the great Santa Claus than you or I. When he spoke, it was the gentle voice of a tired old man. My friends, you have every right to be angry and afraid. I know that we humans have not been the best keepers of these lands. His head hung as he spoke, slowly rising up as he continued. I ask you, though, to remember what our mission was when we began, he said, to change the human heart through our gifts, 
as each receives your special magic. Whether deserved or not, they are softened. As were the elves who heard these words. Perhaps it is only a small change, he noted, but one that lingers as few memories do. Look at the tree carvings on these walls. They are the lives that only one of you has touched. Your own cabin is a testament to the impact you have made. Do we know the heart of this man who has entered our land? Who has seen our valley? Do we know why he has come? Do we at least owe it to ourselves to find out before we throw away our years of service? His questions were finding their mark, doubt creeping into one's angry elves. St. Nicholas returned to his seat by the fire and pondered once again the dancing flame. As elves dropped their heads in quiet contemplation, the room began to glow with their unearthly light. Still facing the fire, Nicholas spoke once again. I do not wish to alarm you, but as of today, all magic must cease, he lamented. Your beautiful, enchanted light is what has brought the stranger to our land. Humans can now fly above our frozen world. They have seen your beams escaping from around our lake. They are a curious lot. They want to know our secret. This must not occur, as they are not yet ready to handle the truth. He waited for the weight of his words to settle before he concluded. And so, as of today, our part in Christmas is officially canceled. Our parade to honor our new council member may not go forth. We must stay inside our cabins in the safety of the trees. As Nicholas turned around to continue his thoughts, a stunned group of elves met his eyes. Take heart, he continued. All is not lost. Today, Amrus and I will assign two elves to seek out our stranger and try to convince him not to share what he has found. Murmurs circled the council, each elf perhaps wondering if they would be selected. While they are gone, he said, we shall continue to meet to find a way to further hide our magic and secure the land of Winterwood. This was greeted with approving nods. My choice for this important task is an elf of great wisdom, courage, and faithfulness, he continued as a hush fell over the room. While he is not yet a council member, he is trusted by many and a friend to all, elf, gnome, and fairy. Finway, will you accept this task? As if in unison, the council took in a stunned breath and waited for a reply. Before Finway could gather his thoughts, however, Amrus rose to speak. From the council members here, I have chosen one. With concerns about our future and the work that we have done, not afraid to speak his mind, one with steely nerve, and a faithful council's son, will you this body serve? 
Both elves stood in shocked silence. Anna's dark, lightless eyes glared at Finway. Slowly he bowed to Amras, but his gaze never wavered. If this is your sincere request, he responded, then I shall gladly lead this young, impatient, careless elf to correct his foolish deed. All eyes now turned to Finway, whose face reddened at Anna's scathing reply. As he looked up, however, a faint smile spread across his face. Good Saint Nicholas the Wise, he said, bowing deeply, your faith will be restored, and I will be your diplomat to Johnny draw the sword. He threw his thumb over his shoulder in the direction of his new companion. Laughter erupted in the room as the council reacted to the obvious slight. The merry light of the elves flooded the crowded chamber again as hope returned to the once frightened assembly. Members bowed as they thanked Nicholas for his wisdom and his words. Turning to leave, I saw Anna's complexion deepen to a violent shade of red.